Welcome to my slice of our virtual paradise. If you're listening to this, you have made it to my very first episode of I Quit Blank and Started Running. My name is Antonia de Heinrich, and here are some quick facts about me. I'm a winemaker in Northern California. It's my absolute dream job, and I got here a roundabout way, but we'll get to that. I love the outdoors more than anything. I bike, I play tennis, I ski in the winter, paddleboard in the summer, and of course, I am a runner. I live and work in a small town between Sacramento and Lake Tahoe, the perfect place to enjoy all things outdoors. For more insight on me, the easiest way to find me is on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn under my name, Antonia de Heinrich. Now let's talk a little about this new podcast I decided to create. The short story is that I had asked to be a guest on several podcasts, but nobody responded. I just wanted to share my message, how running is such a great outlet, how it basically saved my life 15 years ago, and how it's now helping me cope with all the anxiety and stress that COVID-19 has brought with it. Great message, right? I guess they didn't think so. Now here I am with this amazing message and no one to tell it to. So, naturally, and for my friends who know how patient I am, I said, screw it, I'm not waiting for this, I'll just create my own. Of course, my podcast will not be about my amazing message, but more importantly, about other people's experiences, obstacles, and challenges they have had overcome with running. This is the point in the show where I would normally introduce my guest, and I promise I have some remarkable interviewees lined up. But because I'm obviously dying to get my message out there, today I will tell you my story and how running has saved me time and time again. I grew up in Europe, and shocker, I started smoking at the ripe age of 15. My mom smoked, and so did her entire family. My diet during college consisted mostly of Red Bull and cigarettes, with the occasional meal sprinkled in. I had had made some half-hearted attempts to quit, but I never was able to pull it off for longer than a few weeks. When I moved to New York City in 2002, I got a job in software, working 60 to 70 hours, eating out four to five times a week, and generally living a pretty unhealthy lifestyle. I was lucky if I made it to the gym a couple times a week. As I was approaching my 30th birthday, I realized that I had been burning the candle at both ends for way too long. I remember this line repeating itself in my head. I don't want to say that I have smoked half my life. I could feel the control that cigarettes had gained over me by that point. Every night I obsessively checked my pack of cigarettes to make sure I had had enough or bought more if there was even the slightest chance of running out. I would interrupt work and shows and meals and conversations to go for a smoke. I had had enough and I really wanted out, for real this time. So being in New York City in a little vein and in my late 20s, my fear of gaining weight was a memorable mental barrier. I remembered my good friend David back in Vienna Not even I could keep up with his commitment to smoking. He virtually lit one cigarette with the previous one. I can say this because we're still close friends today, even with 2,300 miles between us. So he's the kind of guy that does everything 200%. And by that I mean not only did he quit smoking and succeed on his first attempt, show off, but he started running. This is a dude whose level of athleticism was pretty much limited to winning dart tournaments at the local bar to competing and placing in a triathlon. Who does that? As unattainable as that seemed to me at the time, 
The fact that he quit by starting to run really inspired me. In fact, he continues to inspire me to this day. But then I thought, if David can go from darts to running, so can I. So I bought a pair of running shoes because, of course, all I owned was 44 pairs of heels. And I started with a 10-minute run. My legs felt like lead and my lungs clearly needed a transplant. I remember feeling so discouraged and thought, there's no way I could do this. But the next day I tried again. My legs and lungs felt a little better. And by the end of the week, I was shocked how much better I could breathe. It was my ability to breathe normally and deeply again that really solidified that there was no going back to cigarettes ever again. And if you asked uh, people I know, they'd probably say that I'm a pretty tightly wound person, which is likely why I smoked so much in the first place. So the other benefit for those around me and humanity in general was that I was far less bitchy throughout my quitting process when I ran than when I didn't. You're welcome. That still stands true today, by the way, even even without the quitting portion. Um, So I began running this five-mile loop from my apartment in Brooklyn Heights to the West End and Red Hook and back. Absolutely loved it. Every year, I'd be in the finish area at the New York City Marathon to watch the runners come through. I remember how in awe I was of them. Never in a million years did I think I would be a runner one day, let alone run a race. And I ran my first half marathon in San Francisco in 2010. By then, I had moved to California to work in the wine industry. Yeah, let me back up a little here, because a lot happened in those five years between 2005 when I quit smoking and that half marathon in San Francisco. Thank God for running, is all I can say. So later the year, that year in 2005, I got engaged. It took two years to plan the wedding. Please don't ask, it was kind of a nightmare. Not even six months into our marriage did I begin to have doubts whether we had gotten married for the right reasons. I started questioning whether I wanted children and battling my internal wiring. Of course, you're a woman. You ought to want kids. And if you don't, something must be clearly wrong with you. My decision not to have children was not only unpopular amongst my family and some of my friends, but ended up costing us our marriage. And all this went down in the summer of 2008, and that was topped off by the collapse of Wall Street and with that, my job. I have to insert a brief sidebar here, actually. How I ended up in California will make so much more sense. So because I quit quit smoking, I pretty much immediately gained back not only my breath, but also my sense for smell and taste. I vividly remember having dinner at an Indian restaurant just a couple of months after I had quit and being able to dissect the dish into its individual ingredients. I could suddenly taste every spice and smell every aromatic it was, it was mind-blowing. This is how I became interested in wine, initially just going to tastings for fun, then becoming more and more involved in wine education and working at a downtown wine shop a couple nights a week. Over the period of three years, I dabbled in different aspects of the wine industry in New York, but when my marriage and job went away, I was suddenly free to go every, anywhere I wanted. So I ended up packing up my Brooklyn apartment and moving to Napa. I had worked... A harvest at a winery in Monterey and another one in New Zealand and was now embarking on a nine-month gig working in a winery during harvest and the vineyards and tasting room in the spring and summer. During that period, I spent a lot of time running just to process all that had happened over the past year and a half. 
I was able to start over with a new career, a new amazing group of friends. I was feeling great and I was happy. But man, I was poor. I I drove a 1990 Saab. We call him the Saab story. And um, I had paid $1,700 for it and it ended up only driving forwards. After the reverse decided to take a you-know-what, parking became sort of a game of strategy. Anyway, I had to scrape together the registration fee for the San Francisco Marathon, but it was worth every penny. It was the first time I had experienced what I call now a spectator high. A good crowd is the absolute best at any race. I had cheered at the New York City Marathon alongside so many excited spectators many times, But being on the other side, man, that was something else. And the feeling when crossing that finish line was pure elation. I was completely hooked. I ran my first and only full marathon in Big Sur in 2012. I finished, but it wasn't pretty. Thanks to my dear, dear friend, Trisha Thompson. She had been my party buddy back in New York. She knew me and met me uh, when I met and got engaged to my ex-husband and saw me through all the struggles that followed. She had run her first marathon in London a few months earlier and had called me from the course when she was struggling. Now it was my turn. I was hurting so bad. I was in tears, and she stayed on the phone with me all the way to the finish line. Trisha, I love you. I will never forget this moment. Trisha now runs an incredible organization called Money Mile in the U.K., that helps people get moving through small cash prize draws where you can win for yourself as well as for charity. She's just getting started and recently completed a six-month pilot that I joined um, to help raise money for the app that she's building. You should check it out at moneymile.co.uk. And Trisha totally deserves this plug because not only is she a huge inspiration, but she's as obsessed with movement and exercise for the better good as I am. I hope and get, get get her on the show to join me here someday and she can tell her story herself. So after that experience in Big Sur, I knew that half marathons would become my preferred distance. It also prompted me to buy my first bike so I could mix it up a little and take a break from running. It was then when I found my triathlon coach in uh, Petaluma. Erin trained a number of women of all ages, shapes, and sizes, and I started to go on runs and rides with them. I remember my first triathlon. It was 2013 as a sprint distance try, which is a 750 meter, not mile, 750 meter swim, 12.4 mile bike and a 3.1 mile run at Lake Berryessa in Napa. It was that race when I learned what chafing was. And I'm not talking about my thighs or my bra line, if you know what I'm saying. But anyway, I came in third in my somewhat advanced age group at the time. I was now 37. I had no idea. I had been getting ready to leave, actually, and wasn't really paying attention to the award ceremony when Aaron, my coach, waved me over to the podium to tell me that I had placed. Take that, David. Needless to say, I was speechless. I was sure there must have been a mistake, but no, I'd actually completely surprised myself. So this motivated me to go on to train and race with the same group of women for years to come. Until one day, someone mentioned the Santa Rosa Half Ironman. That's a 1.2-mile swim, a 56-mile bike ride, and a half marathon at the end. I was hesitant, at least, uh, to say the the least. I was hesitant. But um, I felt like I had to try it. 
I'm guessing it was probably a lot of peer pressure. So there I am, 10 years after quitting smoking, in my wetsuit, in a swim cap, at the edge of the Russian River, about to do a half Ironman. You know, actually, the swim was a breeze. The first 40 miles on the bike felt great. The last 16, not so much. And I can't even talk about my run. I was cramping so badly, transitioning off my bike, and then on and off for the entire 13.1 miles. Crossing that finish line after over seven hours of racing was the most humbling feeling and relief that it was over. It hurt, but I had done it. I was never doing one of those again. And then I did two years later, of course. Um, I'm not sure if I have another one in me, but we'll see. So why am I telling you this story? I want you to know that if I can do it, anyone can. I went from smoking over a pack a day at 29 and barely making it up to our fourth floor Brooklyn walk-up without stopping to racing a half Ironman at 39. I'm not saying I'm not saying this to brag. I just want to know I just want you to know how life-changing running has been for me and for so many people I've gotten to know over the years and especially since I've embarked on this new mission. The reward is so much worth so much more than the pain and the training. Running is the most accessible and happiness hormone producing exercise out there. Endorphins, especially dopamine, are responsible for our joy and you don't have to go to the pharmacy to get them. So my friends, get out there and run or walk. It's the least you can do for yourself, your mind and for humanity because happy fixes everything, right? If you're still listening, I appreciate you truly. Thank you for tuning in and for staying with me all the way to the finish, pun intended. I hope to see you back here next week. New episodes will be available every Monday. I have some wonderful guests lined up from all walks of life, each with their own inspiring story, and I cannot wait to share them with you. Until then, get out there and run.